Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first podcast for the Restless Keg Syndrome Draft 2018, uh, 2018 season. I'm here with my good friend and everyone's favourite player in the league, Mr. Oliver Hart. Oliver. Hey everyone. Um, so yeah, this is the kickoff to the season. Uh, today is Sunday. Uh, we've got the draft next week, next Saturday. So I brought Ollie in. He's just come over, and um, we will do a little bit of discussion around the draft um, to build a bit of anticipation for next week. Thanks for having me. It's been a really fun afternoon so far. I I hope Jess is happy with her team that she just drafted, and uh, we also just finished a, a game of chess that I we did. I, I kind of lost. So we did. We did. We did. Not, so let's to, not talk about to, it. To dive into that, um, Jessica's family had their family draft today. So we got Ollie over to help us out, particularly help Jessica out. Um, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that team because that's a good case study, a good little example of what, what we did. Yeah. Um, before we started the podcast, we decided to um, unwind a little with a quick short game of chess. Ollie suggested a five minutes uh, game. We ended up playing for... An hour, hour and a half. <laughs> an hour, hour and a half. I would say Ollie took a slight edge of a lead and maintained it for most of the game, but ultimately ran into a stalemate position, so I've managed to cling on and force a draw. As I said, let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm still uh, still a little uh, bitter that I messed that up, but hey, what can you do? Um, right, let's get, let's get, to, let's get uh, right to the uh, conversation about the draft. First things first, we now know the draft order. One week ahead of time, you were in the pub with me on fr- uh, Friday when we, we ran the... Um, Good race. times, good times. And uh, I think my little guy, I was, I was following along, was in sort of third, fourth place and then stumbled by the end and, and ended up in sixth. How do you feel about your fourth place finish? Um, it's an interesting spot to be in, you know. Uh, it probably won't be enough to pick up uh, one of the top three running backs, but I'll basically have to, have to decide if I go for Antonio Brown or um, I think I'm currently leaning slightly towards taking Zeke just to, to pad my running back situation before things are getting a little slim towards the end. Yeah. Um, well, like towards the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a pretty steep cliff there, I think. Um, so it's, it's a good place to be in, but it's also it's tricky. It's a tricky one. Um, I'm in sixth place. Uh, so I'm, I, think, I think there's some, a few interesting um, sort of patterns here. I think you've got, the, I mean, you've got the beginning of the round, you've got the middle of the round, and you've got the end of the round, which... You know, it may sound obvious. I think there's there's a completely different sort of paradigm within each of them. Um, what do you so like right now? It looks like you could pick up Barkley if if everything goes according to to plan and common uh, like, like common rankings. Yeah. What, what what are your thoughts on Barkley? Well, just to just to say, we have in front of us here the um, the the. the grid table that I, I sent around by email, and uh, it shows the ESPN rankings by um, by by round. So we will we'll discuss based on that. I think ours are actually a couple of days out of eight. So I think one or two of them have um, switched around. I can I think Darius Geis is still on here in the fourth round, who's now injured. So we need to be careful a little bit. But we will follow what we have in front of us. Um, yeah, sixth six. I mean, 
what, what, what's actually a very interesting study here is um, in the family draft that we've just finished, I actually was given fourth drafting from fourth and you and Jessica were drafting from sixth. So we actually had the sort of reverse of what we'll be doing in, in, in the live draft. That's interesting. What do you, what, what, what happened? What, how did this unfold? Like, what, what did you end up picking at fourth? Yeah, so it's, it's actually really interesting. We, we can go into it, but there's an interesting piece at the end as well here. So um, I was sort of scurrying away and, and, and looking about who I might pick in the first round and then looping around to the, the second round. And I'll say that Jessica's league has nine players in it. So anything we talk about from beyond round one is, is a different, um, different to what, what we'll be looking at. Who, who is in the league? Can you, can you give us a little bit of background? Uh, sure, it's, it's Jessica's family league. So uh, her mum and dad, um, two sisters, her brother, and then everyone's significant other, um, which is nine people. Um, Melanie is uh, currently acting on her own. Um, so, okay. um, so what's what's uh, they're mostly from most all of them most of them from Minnesota. So it's a Minnesotan team, absolutely. I know, I know where you're going with this. One in particular. Um, uh, Jessica's mum very much favours the Minnesotan uh, players, which which we might, might get into. Um, there's there's a little bit of home, hometown bias. Uh, there's a Chiefs fan. I'm a Steelers fan. Really? Um, Who's the Chiefs fan? Uh, Tia Andrews Andrews sister. Oh. So um, we can get into it. Yeah. So I'll talk a little bit about my, about my fourth place. So I did a, a bit of uh, prep. I got got my sheets for my uh, nine teamer, and uh, looking down the sheet, I was um, fully expecting that. Um, one of the top four running backs would still be on the board when it came to me and I didn't really worry about it too much because I just felt that whoever whoever's still on the board I will end up taking that you, you as you said before Antonio Brown is an option as well um, I felt that I was gonna take uh, one of the running backs and um, swing it's a it's a different uh, look to it on um, on the uh, nine teamer but it's very easy to swing around pick up a, another running back and a wide receiver in the second and third round, which I was very comfortable with. So I liked, I liked the look of um, either David Johnson, Zeke, and I didn't really pay much attention, moved, to the, moved on to who I was going to pick in the second round. What ended up happening, this is sort of where you were leading me, is um, let's go through. So pick one, uh, Todd Gurley went. That's a great pick. Uh, solid pick there, and pick two, Le'Veon Bell. So probably no, no, uh, no surprises. I was fully expecting someone to make the decision for me on uh, David Johnson, Zeke Elliott. And actually, but between the two, do you, do you like Bell better or do you like Gurley better? Let's let's get into that in a second because we've got a we've got a question coming on the, on on the first rounders. So um, let's just uh, finish up this bit. Okay. Um, the third pick that came in, and uh, thank you for Ollie for setting the, the the groundwork on this one, was actually Kirk Cousins, the new quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. By Jess's mom. It's a bit unusual <laughs> pick, huh? It's a bit unusual pick. It's. Um, do you think the 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 hometown bias? Do you know? I I, sus I, I suspect the force may be maybe maybe strong in this one. Um, so okay. it took it took us all by surprise. Um, anyone can pick whoever they want. There's, um, you know, maybe maybe uh, it'll it'll turn out to be an inspired decision. It wasn't one I was expecting. Um, but, but that was that was great for you, right? That opened really open up your options quite a bit. Well, not really, because I was I, I sort of looking at David David Johnson and Zeke, and I would have been happy with either of them. Um, I guess I have a slight bias towards Zeke, probably because he's been on my league in in the wrestlers cake for the last two years, so I have a bit of an attachment to him. But I was suddenly on the clock, sixty seconds with these picks, faced with the decision of do I go Johnson, do I go Zeke, which I'd given no time at all whatsoever to. But you spend it all. Like that long, dreadful like uh, suspension season with the Zeke. You you got to have a soft spot for him. I like I've that, had right? a I've had a I've had a certain relationship with Zeke. I um I I drafted him 
and I think I traded for him the first year. I ended up with him last year. He was supposed to be suspended for six games. He then wasn't suspended for six games, which I thought I'd won the lottery. Suddenly he was suspended again during the playoffs. And then I spent the whole season trying to figure out who his backup was, carried Darren McFadden the whole season. And then as soon as Zeke got suspended, he got cut from the team and I had missed out on it. It was, it was, it was crazy. It's a roller coaster of emotions. So anyway, probably because of that, I ended up picking Zeke at four. Um, David Johnson went at five uh, to Andrew's uh, sister, Tia. Andrew, <laughs> Jessica's brother's wife. Let's, let's, let's be clear here. Uh, <laughs> very clear. So then what, what, did, what did Jessica do at six? Well, so this is you and Jessica. That's not my question to you. Uh, top four running backs off the board. Uh, you're then left with a decision around Antonio Brown and probably Saquon uh, Zeke. So, uh, sorry, uh, Saquon Kamara, someone like that. So what was your decision uh, right now? Um, Antonio Brown at six was, I think, too hard to pass on. Mm-hmm. It's Elite wide receiver there. Say again? Elite wide receiver. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And, like, good for 25 points on a, you know, on a good day. Like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely, like, good good wide receiver. No, word. Um, no doubt about that. But um, at the same time, we were also a little worried about what happens after, right? Because if you look a little bit further down, there's uh, two more uh, wide, uh, two more running backs after. And then there's a bit of a, a, bit of a hole. So... But either way, Antonio Brown was too good to pass on, and um, so just went for it and, and pulled the trigger. Pulled and the I, trigger, Antonio Brown went for. And I think that's a really interesting thing to uh, to go over. There is is you're making your decisions not only around who's the best player on the board right right in that moment, but also thinking out about what it means for the rest of your draft. Thinking about when the draft comes back around to you, who might be there. And I know yeah. I know there was some discussion. I, I was we were sat apart in the room, but I could hear what you were yeah, talking about. Yeah, for full disclosure, we were all in the same room, so Dave was listening to our uh, uh, deliberations. But like, I, I think we'll get you into that a little bit more yeah. in, a, in, a, in a second. Because so we did go with the wide receiver, and um, in retrospect, actually, I would not do it again. You, um, you wouldn't get it. No, again. I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't do it again because. Um, well, well, we'll get to, into it a little bit more in, the, in a second. But like, we did uh, paint ourselves a bit in the corner here with like uh, taking a wide receiver first and then being uh, having a bit of a need for running back. Mm-hmm. So, I think for me, the big lesson for for next week, hey guys, next week draft, we're doing it. Um, I think I'll put a bit more focus on getting my running back in early, which means even though I'm slated to pick at four. Uh, I might, and, and that would be also Antonio Brown, I might go for running back too, because it's, it's... Yeah, and I think, I think to be fair, I think in the latest one I sent around, I, I, if I remember right, I think Zeke and Antonio Brown are off, off lift in that one, so it wouldn't even yeah, be out. Yeah, still, it's like, yeah. um, so, either way, earlier, uh, just draft Antonio Brown... Should we just go through no, our, let's, let's our, go our, the, our, our second and third round picks as well? So where, where that well, let's, let's finish up the rest of the, 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 the first rest round. round um, after that went Barkley, then Dalvin Cook went on eight to uh, Just Stad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don, great guy. And then Kareem Hunt on nine, that rounds out the, the, the first round in the Nelson, in the Nelson League. Right. And so then, then uh, strong start for a second uh, for a second round. Uh, Fournette went first in the in the second round. I really liked him. He carried my he carried half. He and Gurley carried my team last year. Then who we got on eleven? Dan's that again. Don's that again. Sorry. Just that again. Just Don. Done. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was Alvin Kamara. And I think the big surprise for me there is that he, he dropped that far. Um, I guess the... And, and I think it speaks to... Uh, and we'll, we'll finish up the rest of the second, maybe just focus on our own picks for second and third um, from, from here. Yeah. But um, it really speaks to um, the sort of fluidity of, of this and, and, and the importance not to not to just tie yourself to what ESPN are putting in front of you, but really um, understand that there's a whole range of outcomes with all these people. There's risks, there's different things to think about. And so just because these guys have one guy ahead of another one, you really need to do your own sort of thinking. And and some of that is around the pure sort of fantasy aspect of it. And part of it is also, um, this is a game for enjoyment. And what what's, who who is the player you're going to get most enjoyment out of watching? So, you know, we'll see there's a sort of bias towards the home teams. That's not necessarily a bad thing to do. If you're picking between, say, Barkley and Kamara and you're a Giants fan, um, you know, you might, have, might get more enjoyment out of that. So. I know we're going to talk about more about the, the, the potential first-round picks later, but even being a Giants fan, I would probably pick Kamara over Barkley because I'm a little, a little risk-averse and not necessarily like picking rookies. Um, still like David Johnson he was injured last season great guy probably but um, he, anyway so um, and we should get to that because that's I'm picking at six and I think there's an interesting discussion around Barkley and Kamara let's just round out um, what, what happened in our so I picked uh, no you, you picked before me second round so um, you and Jess you yeah, picked, yeah. you'd picked um so we that, that's where we we really had to go for running back as the next pick mm-hmm. and uh Kamara was gone Fournette was gone so we ended up picking Melvin Gordon and um yeah yeah I think that's a, a solid start Antonio Brown followed by Melvin Gordon um I had uh I had Zeke in the first round and then actually one pick before me was DeAndre Hopkins who I was probably going to be looking at and but actually Odell Beckham was still there so I was absolutely thrilled to get Zeke followed by uh, Beckham in this league. And then what happened at 16? <laughs> 16, I'm looking through now. The, the Vikings defense <laughs> went, um, and that was... Bridge to Bradford. Uh, yeah, that was Kirk Cousins' uh, Minnesota uh, Vikings. Great. Kirk reunited with his defense. So, so let's then, look at the third round. So then, so then third round, let's just uh, speak to our Olympics. So then I went ahead of you guys uh, in the third round. So I now had... Um, I had uh, Zeke, and I had OBJ... OBJ. And AJ Green was still sitting there for me at 22, so I, I, I was maybe looking for a running back at that point. But AJ Green was sitting out there, and I, I was, I, I grabbed him. Yeah, so similarly, like we, like two running backs that we, three running backs that we liked went just before our, uh, it was our round. So McCaffrey was gone, Freeman was gone, McCoy was gone. So we ended up picking up another wide receiver. So we were in, um, at this point, we were in a little difficult spot. We had one running back. And admittedly, not a great, great running back, but uh, we had two, one great wide receiver and one very good wide receiver, but we were a little bit thin in running back, so this is where we were... Uh, we had Melvin Gordon. Had Melvin yeah, we had Melvin Gordon, right. but we, we had Antonio Brown, Melvin Gordon, and then we picked up uh, um, Devontae Adams, so... Devontae Adams. A little thin on running back, so which then for the, for the fourth round, we picked up Joe Mixon... Um, in a funny turn of events, we got lucky that uh, just before us went Jarek McKinnon, who 
I think a minute ago, possibly towards ACL or not. Just, know. Ju- I just got a notification on my phone that I think you guys wanted McKinnon. You were sort of between McKinnon, Mixon, leaning Mixon. We, Sorry, we, leaning McKinnon. I think McKinnon was ranked before Mixon, but okay. auto auto pick, uh, auto also, draft pick. The, the guy before you was auto picking. I think yeah. Andrew was auto picking. He picked Jared McKinnon. We just got a notification throw on our phone. Um, my friend that said Jared McKinnon is going for a scan. He's injured in training. Yeah. Could, could be out for a while. So I think what that speaks to is. You, you need depth, you need backups. Something is going to happen to some of these players. Some of these players on this chart, you could put an X through them. You don't know who they are, but it could well be on your team. So you do need to yeah. think about that as well when you go through. Yeah, so I guess we kind of dodged a bullet here. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Joe Mixon uh, at four. And Dave, what did you do in fourth uh, round? Yeah, I was also looking for a running back at this point. I got Jordan Howard. Really happy that he was still there. I think beyond that... Um, I guess fifth well, round... Hey, what was your fifth round pick? <laughs> so Ollie and Jess both had Zach Ertz last year. They both love him. He was a solid, solid. Floor. What's not to love about the guy? And um, he was still sitting there for me in the uh, in the fifth round. So I, I grabbed Zach Ertz. That's it. Much to the annoyance of these guys. Although, what did you do in your fifth round pick? Um, so Jess literally pulled an audible and like said, so like, all right, we're going to Aaron Rodgers and. Aaron Rodgers, it is. He's your guy. Fifth okay. round. Okay, all right. I think that. I think it's be... only the second quarterback after Kirk Cousins who went the first <laughs> round. <laughs> and then, but I think the interesting thing here is that didn't Tom Brady, Tom Brady goes two picks later? So um, yeah. we can talk a little bit later about the quarterback run. Okay, I think that's probably about enough. Um, yeah. For, so over, overall, what do you think? Are you happy with your team? I was happy at the time. I was happy with every pick. I went back and looked at my team, and I it's a nine-team league, which is very different from a twelve-team league. Everybody's loaded with studs. And I'm looking at it going, yeah, it's it's good, it's good. At the time, I was thinking, I'm picking a stack team, and then I look over it, everyone's got a great team in this in this one. So yeah. That makes a difference. Okay, let's move on. We, um, uh, I asked for a couple of questions to uh, throw into this uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, I've got two uh, questions, actually both from Adrian, both from, from uh, uh, sometimes known as Mankey Aid or much worse names. Um, He's a Dolphins fan. He must have tons of questions. <laughs> he questions many things, including uh, what he's doing here at any moment, um, as, as do we all. Uh, so uh, his question, his first question here was uh, about the first rounders. His question was, who do we think has the is most likely to bust in the first round? So um, well, there's every, only one answer to that, every, right? <laughs> every, every year there is. Um, if you if you go back and look, someone someone will not perform to expectations. If you're investing a first round pick, you're really expecting a, a solid guy there who's going to carry your team. I think what we should say is injuries aside, injuries can hit anybody. So no, that's not true. Injuries always hit OBJ, and having <laughs> had OBJ on my team for the last two years, I can tell you what my number one pick is for uh, the bust. Um, Anyway, uh, so I, I would think OBJ is a, is, a, is a bit of a risky, like even though he's only uh, listed at 10 this year, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a risk. And similarly, I think I alluded to that already earlier, on 6, Barkley, um, sorry, also a Giants player, but um, rookies take sometimes, take a minute to adjust to the, the different pace in the league, so I'm, I'm a little... Not sure. I'm not sure, I'm, I'm, not, sh- I'm not sure about that. I okay. mean, Eli is certainly not who he was like five years ago. Eli so certainly it's... is not who he was. Uh, yeah. And was he ever? I suppose he was at some point, but yeah. 
Well, then he also got two rings, uh, so it's, yeah, yeah, and then, uh, more, more than his brother. But certainly more. It's, nowadays, it's more just to hand off the ball. Uh, he's he's got a stacked talent around him in, in that team. Um, should we should we quickly go through each of the the top ten and, and yeah. top top twelve and, and give some opinions? And yeah. Odell is your pick there. You mentioned about the injury concerns he'd get injured last year. I think your concerns go beyond that as well. I think you've owned him in the past and been. And when he has been playing, he's... he's Off-field uh, activities is uh, certainly a concern, too. Julio is the other one who I think is... Might yeah. have... Um, yeah. Might be past the, might be past his prime. So let's quickly go, go go through the top 12. I think people might be interested in the, in the sense everyone's going to be picking from, from, from the top 12. Or, you know, but not to say that at 12 you have to pick this one. There's, so who truly um, is your number one pick? Overall. Yeah. Um, so... As I said earlier, I think there's a sort of beginning, middle, and an end to the to the first round, um, which obviously gets evened out by the fact that you sneak around and, and, and you pick earlier. Um, I, so at the beginning of it, you've got some elite running backs here. So you've got people who have finished number one or at least top three in a in a recent season, maybe multiple of them. So um, and I think you see, so you've got Bell and Gurley. For me, they're a little bit above above the rest of them. Um, you can't go wrong with either. I mean, you could d- debate for hours about should you pick Bell, should you pick Gurley here. Um, I, I don't think picking Zeke or Johnson or even Brown, if you wanted to go wide receiver, would be uh, ridiculous at number one. Um, for me, I think I would slightly lean Gurley from the perspective that Bell, we know, is missing all the training camp. He's holding out. Last year, he did the same thing and was a bit of a slow starter getting in there. We know Gurley's got a good offense there. I mean, if we're talking about who could bust, I mean, Todd Gurley was fantastic superstar number one player all round last year. The year before, I remember drafting him in the league. He stunk. He really stunk. And the reason for that is he was he was behind um, a bad offensive line. The team was uh, terrible. I think they had um, was it Case Keenum, Nick Foles throwing throwing then. Jared Goff was a rookie, and the team just stacked the box, and he couldn't get through as much talent as he had. Um, I, I do I do remember you giving me lots of grief for the first couple of games last season when I had Gurley and you're like oh he's a bust he's a bust I, yeah. but uh, I think he worked out I, okay I also for had me. Hopkins that year who was also a bust and came back strong last year um, so I'd probably go slightly Gurley if you took Bell you know totally fine I could also see Zeke uh, Johnson going there but it's um, interesting that you brought up Johnson and Brown yep. at the same point from a from a draft not from a player but from a, like a draft perspective would you rather go Running back early or wide receiver early? What what are your thoughts there? I would want to so I would want to make sure I've got a good running back soon. So by the like I think you've got to sort of look at it in tiers and, and, and where and where they are. In standard scoring that we're in, there's also the points per reception that we don't play. Um, touchdowns are really are really important. So getting um, two things, getting maybe three things. Um, a running back who's going to be getting touchdowns, a running back who's going to be getting a lot of volume, going to be getting a lot of carries, and that also includes um, uh, receptions as well. Which comes to my third point, which is about game script. If you've got a, uh, if you're on, if your team is losing and you're down, a team may abandon the run. And if you're a running back and your team abandons the run and they start throwing it and you're not involved in that, that's going to ding your value. I think um, probably most of the first round, maybe even into the second round. Running backs, most of them here are are matchup proof, and I think that's why that's why they're up there. They're they're totally solid. That's a really interesting point. Um, um, but Antonio Brown is is head and shoulders above any other wide receiver. I mean, I think you've then got a tier of maybe Julio, DeAndre Hopkins, and, and Beckham, 
um, who are then a, a, a step above above everyone else. I mean, I I was in another league last year. I drafted Brown first, picked up a running back in the second and third, and I ended up doing great in that league. One okay. of those running backs was called Todd Gurley, so maybe <laughs> maybe it was more to do with, to do with him. But I would be I would be thrilled with getting Antonio Brown in the middle of the. Um, Middle of the first. I'm, I'm picking at six. You're picking top four. We talked about the top two there. I mean, you're picking a you're picking at four in our league. So maybe I'll ask you. I mean, Johnson, Elliot, Brown. Um, are there any of the other ones that would interest you up there at four? For me, the big. I'm I'm pretty sure that one, two, three, Bell, Gurley, Johnson will go in order. Um, not. So I'm. I think for me is what I need to make my mind up about is if. I'll take Brown or if I take Zeke as a or like take a running back um, and that's what I'm a little undecided about um, so for me it doesn't it's not so much about the player it's more about the position yep. um, that's why I was wondering like, what your thoughts are but it sounds like you fared okay last year even though you went for wide receiver early that being Brown in yeah particular. I mean it's a, it's so but then because then down the road like I would pick again on uh yeah like not until like way into the second round which at that point like all the elite and also like very good running backs are gone and that's what what worries me a little that i'd I'd be stuck without uh like wide receivers very good wide receivers would still be around Mm -hmm. but not running backs that's that's what my 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 problem is with with picking fourth. It's a it's a great place to pick, yeah. But at the same time, with the with the second round pick in mind, it's um, I need to be a little uh, strategic there. Yeah, totally. Um, so I mean, I think that between Johnson and Zeke, I mean, I, we said at the beginning, I was picking fourth in the league. I was effectively picking third with the um, Kirk Cousins <laughs> pick, and I was suddenly you had sixty seconds to decide between Johnson and Zeke, and it wasn't something I was Thanks, I'd, be, I'd be preparing to do. <laughs> I really was starting. I've I've got an affinity to Zeke. I've also had. I also played Johnson in this league a couple of years ago. I uh, got got to the final. I think I lost to a combination of Bell and and, and Zeke, which is a, is a combination I've had. Right. But, um, but I think for me, um, David Johnson is. I mean, he could easily get a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. He's an absolute top talent. He was away last year. He was injured. It was only a broken wrist though. So we're not talking about any kind of um, you know fitness concerns. That he just couldn't catch. Um, Zeke, on the other hand, he doesn't get quite the receptions, but he's got one of the best defensive lines in football. He'll be fed the ball. They haven't really got anyone else there. I mean, if you if I ask you who's the wide receiver at at, at, at Dallas, I'm expecting you have a, a blank face because no, of course not. The, of course not. Beasley, Cole Beasley, what Cole Beasley, Beasley. what a guy. There we go. What a guy, you, Cole you, Beasley. You, I like him a lot. Unfortunately, fan. nobody else likes him, <laughs> including Dak Prescott. I so I won't doesn't be, really help his uh, his I, stats. I, but I, I won't be drafting like, him. Like like no. Beasley, he's not even on this sheet in the first 16 rounds, but yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll pick him up at some point during the season because... Yeah. Okay, know. so that's Johnson. So, but it, it, this puts you in an interesting place. So you could pick Barkley as a rookie. Yeah. Um, unproven, but lots of talent, um, especially with a quarterback who's not exactly in his prime anymore. Uh, or Kamara, who showed last season that... He's an A1 player and also playing with a quarterback who's not in his prime anymore. Mm-hmm. But he has a he has a track record of... Uh, yes, he does. So what are your thoughts between those two? Yeah, so, um, I mean, just to, we, we skipped on Brown there. I think everyone knows Antonio Brown. He's an absolute stud. He's, he's on that team. He's got a connection with with um, Ben Roethlisberger that you just... You, you can't... <laughs> Ollie's doing the one finger into the into the round hole uh, <laughs> symbol, which always makes me laugh. 
Um, That's the universal sign for quarterback <laughs> throwing a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. They could be winning, they could be losing. He'll still lob it over to Antonio Brown and he'll run it in. He also, um, he also takes um, uh, punt returns and so he, you know, he gets the odd touchdown through, through there as well. I wouldn't rely on that. But he's, I, I love the guy. I'm a Steelers fan. I'll... I'll, I'll watch him whenever I, if, if so I'm picking at six and I think what you were asking well maybe is, maybe the two of us can uh, <laughs> can, can get a trade set up uh, if you really want Brown and well I yeah and especially now I've got I've, I've got Zeke in, in one league I um, uh, oh no Zeke won't, Zeke won't be dropping um, so yeah I'm picking six so I, I'm kind of working on the base and anything could happen as we saw in, in, in our one I'm kind of working on the basis that probably um, the five we've just mentioned will be off the board I'm picking at six and I think my most amount of thought has gone into should I pick Saquon or should I pick Kamara um, and it's a really tough one for me I, and I'm happy to talk about what, what, I'm, what I'm going through there um, I think I think there's an argument that they could be up there with um, as high as maybe Johnson and, and Elliot I don't think they're quite as secure as a, a Bell and Gurley um, for me they're a little bit below them just because there's, there's a tiny tiny question mark on each of them um, Saquon you, you alluded to there, um, the, he's a rookie, of course. We don't quite know how he's going to adapt to the league. My major concern with Barkley, my, my the thing that is my minor concern, but the thing that worries me there, I, I worry about something with everybody, is um, is the offensive line. Um, their their troubles in the, I mean, they've got OBJ. Fine, they've got Manning throwing to him. Um, they've got Evan Ingram at, at tight end. But the offensive line last year was pretty terrible. I mean, you, you had a pretty shoddy selection of running backs anyway, but they just couldn't, they just kept getting hit. And you've put, you put an absolute elite generational talent, potentially better than, I and mean, I feel like over the last four years, you've had Fournette, you've had, um, you've had uh, Gurley, Zeke, um, uh, Zeke uh, and there was a fourth one, I can't remember who the fourth one was, um, who really just came out, maybe as far back as Bell. There seems to be sort of one a year that comes out. And, um, Barkley is an incredible talent, but the offensive line last year was pretty bad. Now they have taken moves to address that. So they've take, they've got uh, Nate Solder from the Patriots. They drafted Will Hernandez in the second round of the draft, um, and it's a new look team. They've brought new people in. Should be should be better. They know it's a, it's an area of concern, um, but you know things take time to gel. Will they be good? Will you know maybe, maybe it won't come together. Um, what I do love about him is he's on a team with with OBJ. You've, they've got Evan Ingram in there. You can't stack the box against him because you'll get killed. So, and he also he's a great pass catcher. Um, I think in the first preseason game, you know, all the headlines were he broke off for this 39-yard run. It was incredible. He kind of broke defenders' ankles as they were trying to change direction. Um, but uh, then his then his other five carries were like one yard, three yards, four yards. Um, so that's the offensive line thing. But you know, if you've got a guy who's making one yard, three yards, four yards, and then rips off a 35-yarder. And then he's then he's a first round talent. Exactly. Um, Alvin Kamara, he did it last year. We've seen it from him. He did it sharing time with with Mark Ingram, who's now suspended for the first, uh, I think, four games. Um, I think the fact that Ingram isn't there may give him more carries. He was always very limited. He did tremendously with it. Um, he's just an elusive, enigmatic, really exciting guy to watch. Um, I'm kind of annoyed because I picked him up on uh, waivers on another league last year sort of didn't buy into the hype and, and flipped him for, for, for a... I think not Michael Thomas, which isn't terrible, but um, I didn't quite realise how good he was and um, was a bit annoyed at that. So I've got, I've got a bit of a score to settle with Kamara. Um, he would probably be a little bit below the tier of Johnson, Elliot, and I'm not sure where to put Barkley at the moment. Um, but for the fact that for those first four games, um, Ingram isn't there, so maybe he'll get a lot, a lot more carries. 
I know an issue with him is he was not really an issue, but he was so good last year that um, you wonder if someone can be that much better than everyone else and, and not regress. I think he was averaging over five yards a carry last year, which is sort of way ahead. I think typically I look around sort of four, four, 4.2 for a running back as being pretty good. Um, but I was also, I saw some piece of analysis that said if he was to regress back to something more human, he would still be projected more points than kind of the next guys down. So I think there is something safe about that. You make um, an interesting point there. There is, a, there is a bit of a gap at running back there after seven. Um, do you think that's justified? I think this. I mean, I think this. It's all you know. It's all kind of game of inches, and everyone's kind of speculating. I, rather than even when you look at projections, you've got to know that it's not that this is the the thing. This it's a huge sort of distribution around it. So if someone wants to come and tell me Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, uh, Delvin Cook is is better than Kamara. We saw in ours. I think Barkley made it to the to the second round. That's absolutely fine. Personally, I think I I keep flipping back and forth as to whether I would pick Kamara or Barkley. I think that game time decision. Game time decision. I'm slightly leaning Barkley. I don't know. Maybe Kamara. I'm slightly leaning Barkley just for the completely non-fantasy reason that he's exciting. He's there's something about him. I think Barkley has a chance to be the number one overall player. I think there's also a chance. And to the question, I think he could bust and a first round bust. Maybe someone that's performing as a third rounder. We've got to remember they're up here for a reason. But I think there's a wide range of outcomes. But he could he could be tremendous, and that's exciting on a on a what could be an exciting. If if only they had someone other than Eli Manning, that team would be tremendous. It um, is. You think he's handicapped by the, the by being on the Giants and like the team that he's on? He could have. So when Zeke got drafted, Zeke was an incredible talent. He was slotting into the best defensive line in football, and they said they want to run the ball. So you know people knew he was going to be good. Um, Saquon is, pro, is, from what I hear, maybe, and I don't watch college football, I'm only going on here, so I will not pretend I know, but from what I hear, he is as good as anyone that's come out. Um, so the upside's there. Um, and we should talk a little bit about strategy. You, you've asked me a question, I, I sort of um, deferred a little bit about, uh, do you want to take a running back in the first round? How comfortable do you feel with the wide receiver? Um, I think I've got two, two points here. Um, one is that fantasy is kind of a cyclical uh, nature. I mean, I think I remember two years ago, Antonio Brown was the absolute consensus number one. He's a wide receiver that's going to do it. I think if you take Antonio Brown, you're going to get a wide receiver. Well, nobody quite knows. Historically, last five years, he's been in the top three wide receivers every single year. So you're getting an absolute safety stability. I think he's probably the least likely, likely to bust of anyone. Um, 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 so... Um, this year, and, and I think last year, we, we saw the top three were, um, well, top six were Brown, Julio, Beckham, and then uh, Bell, I, I forget, Zeke and Johnson, maybe, I forget who the... Yeah, Zeke, that sounds, Zeke, Zeke that sounds, that sounds so, good, right? So it was, I feel like two years ago, it was all about running uh, wide receivers. This year, Last year, it was sort of mixed. This year, it's really heavily towards running back. And there is something in fantasy about about Zig when others zag, and you know, don't get too caught, too caught up in the... Um, uh, what's happening this year and things rebound. I think I think quarterbacks were pretty poor last year. So if you take last year's, yeah, running backs seem really good. If you took the year before, two years before, every first round running back got injured and everyone goes, why are we taking these guys? They're, they're not going to make it through the season. Yeah. That's the first point. The second point is um, I'm in a sort of funny place this year. Um, I, I 
won the last two years, if I can say that. So no, I, I feel... Oh, is, it, is it time to tell you how on I feel a little bit of pressure off this year. Um, I'm, I'm playing... I'm what playing do you mean? With, you, 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 nah. Well, I'm playing with two, two Titans this year. I guess what I mean is I'm happier to take a few so risks. So who are you two Titans? Uh, well, we can get to that. Um, I'm happier taking a few more risks this year and not be too worried if they don't work out. So again... Oh, so you're leaning, I, so you're, Barclay you're, you're leaning Barkley? Barkley might be my guy just because he's okay. exciting and he's good. And, and and answering the first question as well, if Antonio Brown was to drop to me at six, I think I would be thrilled to take him, even if I, it meant that I go wide receiver, wide receiver, or, you know, we were talking about the importance of getting a running back, or even maybe Gronk's there in the second round, one of the other guys in, in the third. Would, would um, you seriously take Gronk in the second round? Um, I'll, I'll answer that in, in a second, but... Um, I, I typically in the past would have wanted a running back in the first three. I, I don't mind this year trying. I mean, zero wide receiver is a is a strat. There's no one strategy that always works because if there was, everyone would do it and there'd be twelve winners every year. So some people say when everyone else is going running back, load up on wide receiver, uh, tight end if he's up there, and um, pick up some some gems on white, uh, running back later on. We get get them on the waiver wire. But you've got a solid stack team. I might give that a go this year if Antonio Brown's there. Come round, Rob Gronkowski's there. Got a tight end. Maybe who's who else is there? Hilton, Thielen. You know, maybe I'll do that and see 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 what it looks like. I've never really gone down that road before. I'd be uh, excited to try it. Now, you asked me there about would I take Gronk in, in the second? Um, I never have in the past. Um, I think for me, and actually, you talked a bit about this about the sort of bit of a cliff in the second round. I, I think I agree. I think there's a bit of a drop off. And this is just my opinion. Everyone, you know, there's wide ranges of outcomes, but um, somewhere in the middle of the second round, there's a bit of a drop off. I, I quite like Devontae. I think if I was faced between Devontae Adams and Rob Gronkowski, I would probably rate Adams a bit higher. I like him a lot this year. He's um, he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. He's the number one wide receiver. He's going to be in the red zone a lot. He did it last year. Also, Rodgers got injured last year. Brett Hundley came in was terrible, and Devontae Adams was still a still a top twelve wide receiver. Um, Jordy Nelson in the past has gone in the first round. Devontae Adams has that role now. Maybe he's a steal where he is. I would probably be taking him, uh, uh, consider him above Gronk and, and Mike Evans and some of the other guys. The fact that I need to play two tight ends this year means I do need to slightly bump up the value of any tight end. And so I would, if I was faced with the two of them, I'd probably have them in the same tier now. So yeah, I think I would be thinking very hard if I was faced with Adams or Gronkowski. I, I could take Gronkowski. Interesting, but I'm not going to be reaching on any tight ends. I'm going to see how it plays out. If one if one comes along, I need to um, I need to um, grab one. But but I'm I'm happy to wait. In the end. I think last year I I had Hunter Henry dropped him fairly early on and ended up playing the waiver wire and was 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 fine with that. Okay, I um, think this this wraps really nicely our discussion of the the first round. Should we go to Adrian's second question and talk a little yeah, bit about should, quarterbacks? Yeah, we should. Yeah, I just sorry to keep this going, but I never quite answered the question. Who do I think is most likely to bust? If I'm looking at this, I th- I'm actually going to say Julio Jones, and I'm going to say Julio Jones because Funny. because yes. basically he did a bit last year. He was he if you look at his points total, he it was tremendous, but he got most of them in. I think he only scored five or six touchdowns. He got I think two or three of them in the, in a single game. He got over sort of thirty points. He's boom bust. He's gonna he's gonna win you your two or three weeks. He's gonna probably cost you in some of the other weeks. That being said, maybe he's going to rebound back and, and be great. The other one there, Kareem Hunt, he had the backfield to himself last year. Spencer Ware got injured early in the season. He was fantastic. I think Jonah ended up getting him fairly late. This year, Ware's back, and you know maybe he takes some of the catches away from Kareem Hunt, but he's still an elite talent. So um, I'm going to say Jones, probably Hunt number two, 
But, you know, I would still, if I, I don't have to worry about this, I'm not drafting at 11, 12, 10, 11, 12. I would still be taking them around there. So, sorry, that's, that probably wraps up. No, that's fine. All yeah. right, Nick and Tom, you heard it. Be um, careful with Julio and Hunt. Yeah, and, I, and don't forget, I've got similar positive and negative things to say about the guys in the next round as well. So just because you haven't heard them, don't think that I'm saying that they're any worse than, than the next guys. Um, all right, so, um, yeah, the second question for Manky was, um, when, when should you take a quarterback? Well, so in the draft that just happened, I, uh, Nick Foles went on uh, went third. Not um, Nick Foles. It was a uh, yeah. I want to. I want to hear you. Uh, I'm going to sit back and I've talked a lot. Hear your opinion on when you should take a quarterback. Well, probably not as a third pick. Um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins was a third pick. Sorry, Jess, mom, but um, right, Kirk Cousins. Well, so the ranking, the rankings point towards Rogers, Brady, and then again, there's a bit of a gap. Uh, and then you have the usual suspects in Newton, Wentz, Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Uh, he was terrific, terrific last year until he got injured. Well, just like the wide receiver that he was throwing to Fowler. Fowler yeah. yeah, which, Nick, you're still very welcome for me taking Fowler off your hands just before he got injured. But um, I'm a little I'm a little confused here. Would you really go for a, for a quarterback in the fifth round, or would you think, like, okay... I'm gonna just stream this for the rest of the season, or like for the for the for the length of the season, and uh, and just pick up my 15 to 20 points here and there. So I've got two questions for you: um, a short one and a long one. Short question: Where did you take a quarterback in the in the mock we just did, or in the, sort of the real one that we just did? Actually, I believe in the fifth round, actually, and but there was Aaron Rodgers, and uh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you took Zegertz and uh, just picked Aaron Rodgers. Which, which is a nine-teamer, so it's probably more like the fourth round. And it's 12-teamer. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just... I'm, I'm not sure if I... I think it would highly depend on what's left on the, on the table otherwise. Because I think it's always easy to find a quarterback that gives you those 15 to 20 points. But then again, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Brady play in a different league in terms of points because the teams are so geared towards just quarterbacks and quarterback touchdowns that um, there is a lot more upside with them making a lot more points. Uh, I mean, if you look at who, who was taken in the fifth round in the, in the draft earlier, it was Cooper went, Demarius Thomas, who must be like 105 years old at this point. Um, at least he's got a better quarterback throwing to him this year. He had an absolutely abysmal range last year including Brock Osweiler <laughs> that's, a, that's a handicap in itself so I think it is a fair it, within the context of that uh, that draft I think taking Aaron Rodgers at that point was a good decision because as long as everything goes according to plan and he doesn't injure his collarbone again or whatever it was like a year or three ago then she should be set at quarterback and get good points there. Yeah. Um, the, the, I mean, the, 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 what would have been the alternative to pick at that point, right? Yeah. Zach Ertz is gone, so into, Golden Tate. Yeah. I think he was listed uh, listed as questionable. Uh, funny enough, Tom Brady went soon after, but um, <laughs> well, I think that Tom Brady. It's actually that was my quick question. My, my longer question was who who have you taken in our league the last two years, and were you happy with them? Well, I went I went with Drew Brees, and I was happy with him for the first half of the season because he he got okay points. 
But for the second half of the season, with the emergence of the Camara uh, Ingram tandem at, at at running back, and them like winning games, yeah. playing well, yeah. uh, Breeze's role was their, limited. Their, their defense got better as well, so they were not in a position where they were having exactly. to love it to get points. Yeah. So, um, first half of the season, Breeze did did well. Second half of the season, New Orleans still did well, but uh, but Breeze not so much. Um, I think he was good when he threw. He just threw far, far less. No, he did. Yeah. He did. It's, yeah. it's, it's not that he, he threw interceptions. It was it was clearly that they had uh, running back alternatives that worked well for them. They were winning. And that other teams exactly had uh, problems containing. So, yeah. uh, who did you end up with uh, with quarterbacks for there? <laughs> yeah, so I've got a few things to say about quarterbacks. I mean, it's interesting. If you're looking at the um, sort of grid we've got in front of us, you're sort of... You're in there, you're picking running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, whichever order you want to go in. Tight ends when they come along. Quarterbacks is sort of the thing that they sort of pop up and, and they're very different. Um, and they, it's funny, I've kind of got them in green here. They kind of jump off the page of, of when they should go. It's a really interesting question. I'm glad Adrian asked about when, when they should go. Um, I, think, I think you've got to sort of decide what, sort of maybe arrange them into tiers or, or sort of think about... Who, who do I want? Who would I be happy getting? Where would I be happy taking them? Because the classic thing with a quarterback is the quarterback run. Um, well, the first person to take a quarterback suddenly sort of triggers everyone going, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get a I need a quarterback. I've missed out on the top one already. I want to get the next one." And we saw in ours, um, Aaron Rodgers went, Tom Brady went, uh, the, the two picks after it, and then people start. I mean, I think people know. Generally, the sort of wisdom is you wait a bit on quarterbacks, and actually, the way they've got them in in this lineup, um, they are actually fa- fairly late. I think they're um, I was quite a, kind of surprised that Rogers in the fifth and um, the next batch in the in the seventh. Um, that being said, I you, think you, you think that's late, like in the like I, uh, in the I, fifth I, and I, in the seventh. What, okay, here's what I'll say: in almost every draft, Rogers won't survive till the fifth, and in almost every draft, under pressure. When you've got to look at the at the, the pile of players in front of you, someone, it's very easy for that. I need to wait on a quarterback, new quarterback to go out the window. And under pressure, you go. I'm just going to take that quarterback. I love this guy, um, and I take it. So, um, yeah, I. <laughs> but then everyone starts doing that. It's a game. It's a real game theory thing. People start. They start flying off the board. So you may think I'm not going to take. Um, well, Kirk Cousins here is in the tenth, which is funny because he went third overall. I'm not going to take Kirk Cousins until the tenth, but then you start seeing uh, who have we got here, which way was seventh round. Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson fly off the board two rounds too early, and you go, well, I could look at my board here, and it's too early to take them. But if I hang around, they'll be gone. So, exactly. And then, and then, what do you do? So what do you do? You, you jump on the next So, so you either you got to say I want to get in ahead of it, and I don't want to be the guy picking the last guy too early anyway. But then you fuel the fire. You fuel the fire. You, so either you go early, or you see it happening, and you go, "Well, the, f- the first two are happening. I want to get in before it happens." Or you do the zig when others are zagging, and you take a step back, and you see them flying off the board, and you go, "Well, thank you. That means other players are dropping to me. I'm going to take those guys, and I'll wait." I mean, you might say, yeah. "I'm happy with um, uh, who's done here: Alex Smith, Matt Ryan, Pat Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo was great in the couple of games yeah. he played." I think Matt has been pretty good about that about drafting quarterbacks late. Um, I think yeah, we we have had a quick little look over the last couple of uh, drafts. I think I think it's generally a successful strategy. What I'll say is, in the heat of the moment, it's he diff- finished. He finished last two years ago. Right? <laughs> in that's a that's a that's a shrewd player. He knows he knows his stuff. Um, I think he got quite unlucky with some injuries and people like Amari Cooper stinking it up when when they shouldn't have done. But um, 
uh, it's very hard to keep that discipline, particularly when you see quarterbacks flying off the board. So if you can wait, that's probably the right thing to do. Um, if you you know if you set on a guy, then if you want to get Russell Wilson sitting there in the seventh, will he still be there in the seventh? I, I, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I just to quickly sort of answer the question that I asked you about my. I mean, I would typically draft one quarterback, uh, pick a guy. I would rather put my bench with, you know, an upside guy, maybe backup running back who might get the job. The last two years, I have drafted two quarterbacks. Um, The reason for that is the first year I drafted Tom Brady, who was suspended for the first four games of the season, um, and then actually had Matt Ryan as my backup. Dropped him before the season started to get some shitty backup. And um, someone scooped him up, and Matt Ryan was MVP that year. So <laughs> um, that, I was annoyed at that. That really, that really bothered me. Um, last year, I drafted Andrew Luck. I saw him sitting there in the seventh, maybe, and couldn't believe it. And obviously, he didn't end up playing a single game last year. Um, I think I, I was kind of happy. I thought, oh, he'll miss a couple of games. Got Carson Palmer, who stunk it up. And I played the game of um, just trying to do match up every week, just trying to get a streamer until I hit on Alex Smith, who was serviceable enough. The fact, the fact that I've done that and I know I can do it and get away with it, um, I'm less concerned about it. I'm, I'm, it doesn't bother me too much. If I get one quarterback, it doesn't work out. I, could, I feel like I can, I can pick someone up, but it, it takes some work. It takes some reading. So in your family league, uh, what mm-hmm. quarterbacks did you end up picking? Yeah, I was quite pleased with that. Actually. Now it's a nine, it's a nine-team league, so you know the tenth quarter, well the ninth quarterback is still out there late. So I actually did wait on it. Um, there was also, I think, two people were auto drafting, and I don't think the picker quarterback kicked in. So I, I managed to get um, Andrew Luck, Andrew Breeze fairly late on. Um, Andrew Luck is back playing. Um, is he is he really going to throw a ball this season? I've got I've got Drew Breeze if it doesn't work out. So. Is he really going through a ball this season? He has thrown a ball this season. He threw a couple Already of balls in, in preseason. Yeah, he, okay. he, in the game, okay. he came, came for a season for a series, and, and he threw. So, um, but I had him last year. It didn't work out. You know, I'll get him again this year in that in that league. So I don't mind taking him. I'm surprised he's as high as he is in the eighth round, ahead of some of the other guys. Kirk Cousins is clearly a third round pick, a third third place pick. Um, so we're getting towards the end. We 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 said this was going to be a twenty minute podcast. Maybe capped at thirty. We're at forty eight. I feel like we can go for the yeah. hour now. <laughs> no, yeah, let's let's play a little uh, quick game of like let's look at a couple of uh, random players in the sure. mid to late rounds and just like hear your like okay. hear your thoughts about them. Okay, well let me say you're you're sort of throwing this at me, so I've, I'm not I'm not prepared for this. But yeah, let's go for it. I'll, I'll give you some thoughts. And you know, every every time I'm evaluating a player, there's some good sides and some bad sides. I think we did that in the first round. So yeah, because I think that's on. like middle to late rounds is probably where the most value is, yeah, yeah, and yeah. probably also the most garbage. So yeah, yeah. let's 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 see what we got. Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson. So he's a yeah, Washington wide receiver. Um, he is a big frame man. Um, he was supposed to break out last year. He was one of those sleepers that um, uh, I think he was injured for a little bit of it, came back and was supposed to be just phenomenal. He came back. And I think in at least one league, I picked him up waiting for that to happen. He never quite did. Um, he was there with Kirk Cousins, who's a, he's a decent quarterback. Now Alex Smith's there. Alex Smith's known for being a bit of a dink and dunk quarterback he sort of passed it off to his um, tight end slot receivers and things like that that being said last year he threw it downfield and had a terrific um, uh, I think it was one of those accurate downfield ball throwers so it sort of changed it up so we're not sure who we're going to see yeah he could end up being a top wide receiver you could say that about anyone personally I'm probably not going to be taking him this year What, what do you think about him Similar. I think I had him last year or the year before. Yeah. I think he mostly sat on my bench when he scored points and he played 
I played him and he didn't score points. Mixed bag. It, I mean, I it's, think it, like if you if you if you're taking someone in the ninth round, which is what where he's going here, um, you're looking for someone that you're not going to be. You're not expecting him to be in your week one lineup. And at that point, there's two ways to go. Do you put someone on your bench who you'd be happy to slot in if someone gets injured or maybe in a bye week? Or do you want to have someone on there who would have a chance of supplanting one of your starters? And I think Doxon could, if he lives up to all the hype, he could overtake. So he's he's someone that could he's, have a ceiling, but he could. Yeah, he's, he's, he's missing a consistency, if, I think. If he was a couple of rounds later, I might try it. Like, I might, I might be wrong, who knows? He's like, yeah... Corey Davis. What are your thoughts on Corey Davis? I loved Corey Davis last year. Probably I read too much um, yeah. good stuff about him. I held on to him for way too long. Um, I was told Corey Davis was a first-round wide receiver, first-round draft pick in, in the draft when he was drafted. And um, he was injured for half the season. Uh, Titans at that point had Eric Decker, Richard Matthews, and all the talk was as soon as he comes in, he's the elite talent, he's going to explode. He came in, Matthews got the targets, Decker got the targets, Decker got the red zone targets. He could. He's like Doxon. He could break out and become become huge this year. Um, buyer beware, I would say. Hmm. Okay. What about running back? Let's pick up running back. Like uh, running backs? Oh, Marshall Lynch at Oakland now. It's a little odd, right? Yeah, he was there last year. Um, it's probably one of the more boring picks there. Just he's solid. He's good. He he's not exciting. But if you particularly if you've taken wide receivers in the earlier rounds and you need to plug someone in there who you know has got the starting job and at least week one you know maybe Doug Martin may take it later I, I'm not sure um, but you know he's not going to explode um, but he's going to be he's going to be solid in there so I think I think there's a whole tier of running backs around there who um, you know Alex Collins Kenyon Drake um, Derek Henry probably not exciting names to be, I mean Ronald Jones the second I mean the we, we, we love the name um, and they'll and they'll be fine um, but they're not in the first round there's only 12 people in the first round um, yeah Lynch he's yeah if he's there and I need one I'll take him do you see anyone on the on the board here that has tremendous potential where you think well if a few things go right he could really break out and uh, yeah, have I a mean, great season I mean I don't want to say too much I've, I've obviously got my favourites that I'll be looking to target later in the dra draft um I mean, they've all got potential. <laughs> if, I mean, I went back. I, I, I won the last two years. I don't want to go over it. But um, I had a look back at the draft last year and the year before, expecting that I had an amazing draft and that was what did it. And I went through and, you know, top four or five picks were solid. And I was like, really him? Really him? I think last year, beyond the sixth round, every single one of my sixth round pick, sorry, seventh round onwards, I dropped before week six, maybe. So... You know, you, you try people out. Um, I suppose some of the some of the rookie wide receivers, Michael Gallup's at um, is at uh, Dallas. He he's competing for targets with your man Cole Beasley, with Alan Hearns, with Terrence Williams. I mean, would it be difficult to beat out those people and be the number one wide receiver? Probably not. DJ Moore's right next to him there. He's at Carolina. You know, Devin Funches is there. They got Greg Olson. He could be a player. Um, Calvin Ridley, Calvin, but he's, Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Ridley. He's, he's behind um, Julio Jones, but he'll get a lot of target. I mean, Calvin Ridley, if you think Juju Smith-Schuster could be a usable player next to Antonio Brown, you've got to think there's a chance that Calvin Ridley could be a usable player next to uh, Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley, he's listed here right next to Des Bryant. Des Bryant, who currently has no team, so you know you could you could go for Des if you wanted. Is that, is that true? He's, he's purely he, listed on speculation that he well, might get he's, picked. I, I, I hear he's going in for talks with the, the, the Browns this week. I read the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting. So, um, interesting. Obviously, Josh Gordon's there. Josh Gordon's not currently at camp. I think he'll, 
he'll come back. You know, maybe Josh Gordon's been having rehab issues. Um, maybe not. And um, if you maybe do one more, and then I just want to have say, what about trades at, at the end of this? Yeah, no, I mean, if anything, last thing, I heard the things about Amari Cooper. He's listed here in the fourth round. I would think, one side of me thinks he's listed a little high at fourth round. On yeah. the other hand... He has potential. So, what are your what are your thoughts yeah, on Cooper? Yeah, you're, you're, you're hitting on my some some of my some of my favorite players here. Um, well, favorite players. I don't know. I've heard a lot of good things about Amari Cooper. I've heard that he could have a great year. Obviously, Crabtree. There used to be Cooper and Crabtree. Crabtree was supposed to be the, the sort of one B to that, and ended up outperforming him. Crabtree's now gone. He's at the Ravens. So maybe this is Cooper's year. Jordy Nelson's now at, um, at Oakland. We'll see how he does. Great he's, player. He's, he's, uh, he's on the, the older side um, now. But I had a Mario Cooper last year, and he stunk. He really. There was one game where he was amazing, and I had him on my bench. And so I'm, you know, he, and it was him. He was dropping passes. I think he he wasn't that good. I think the situation wasn't great. Derek Carr was terrible. Um, he's probably about right there. Amari Cooper could be a top ten wide receiver. He showed last year he can stink. So, um, so we'll see. Okay. Let's do let's a really quick one. Let's talk about trades for a second. Trades, yeah. Well, I did want to talk about trades with you particularly because um, I think. I think you are my favourite trade par- partner. We've done some absolute crazy trades over the year. Oh, you're I'm, always, I'm, I'm blushing right now. You're, can't always, see it, but, you're uh, always excited to at least dis- dis- discuss something. So uh, I suppose question to you, we, we did, we've done some trades. We, first year, I remember there was one with... Oh, we did the mother of all trades, right? We traded like four... four uh, Bell was involved, OBJ was involved, and the Ingram was Brady in Brady as well, I think. There was, and I think we ended up doing a second trade a little bit later in the season yeah. when, when someone got hurt. Um... What's your approach to trading? How do you think about it? You... It's it's hard, right? Like like I I, I, I told you before I traded with uh, with Nick uh, like middle of end of last season. Uh, Will Fuller when he was really having a connection with Deshaun Watson, and guy was raking up like twenty to twenty five points more every uh, every week, and I traded for him, and lo and behold, he got injured, and whoever I gave away. I hope he did not well, but like it's it was not great. It was not great. So there's it, it always the risk, right? That uh, as you as you say, uh, past performance is an indicator of future uh, returns. Yeah. So it's it's hard to evaluate, and obviously there are no guarantees. But at the same time, sometimes it's need driven. You know, like yeah. if you are thin at running back, like I was lucky last year. I had running backs like no problem. Yeah. But uh, I had I was struggling as wide receiver, and I thought like Will Fuller would help me, and he would have, but then he got injured. But uh, so it's I needed a, I needed a wide receiver. I thought I got a good one, and then it, that didn't work out. But it's um, it's it's mostly for me. It's just to patch holes in my in my lineup that I can't, where I I have an abundance at a, at a position. And I, I can trade that to to get something better than off the waiver wire. That's for me is the thought. Um, how would you consider trade the, the types of trades that you would do? Would they be a position for a position? Would you do a trade within the same position? Would you do sort of two for one trades? What kind of or anything that that it's, helps your team? Anything really. Two for ones is sometimes it's hard because people are. Um, like the roster is full, so you can't accommodate two players. You always have to drop the end of your bench yeah. to get there, yeah. yeah. Right, to make exactly clear space. But um, in general, I think what has worked out well is it's it's easy to evaluate position versus position. Like running back for running back is, is, is easier, mm. but then that also probably doesn't help anyone unless right. somebody is trying to work around a bye week. Yeah. 
Um, I think really like wide receiver for running back, those kind of things. It's where, where, where there's value for both uh, for I, for both trade participants, because tight ends and kickers and whatnot, you, you're not gonna trade for. There's enough yeah. options to stream. Yeah. Blockbuster blockbuster quarterbacks are, are oftentimes a way to... And then sometimes it's like the, the trade is off by just a little bit and then you throw in another player you can get it. Well, to, to, like, to, to, to like even it out a little and then the other side proposes uh, adding a player yeah, to... Uh, yeah, like, and, then, I, and the I next think, thing I you think, know... I think it's slightly up on this, but if you threw this guy in, well, yeah, that's a bit yeah, much, yeah. but if you got this guy in... That's and, how, and, we, we, we got to that 4-4. Four, four and, and, and this is how you end up at a 4-4-4 at a four, 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 uh, a trade which... Did not work out for me, but it worked out well for Dave because, as we all heard, uh, he's won the league twice so far. Well, I so in, in that trade, I traded away Le'Veon Bell. We did a subsequent trade later in the season where I got him back again. I think yeah. I think uh, I, I downgraded it at quarterback. But so I, it's, it's it's it it can be really helpful, and I I can only encourage people to be at least be open to trade offers. Yeah, and like same with Dave. Like he, Dave's Dave likes to trade. I do, I do, I do. Um, I I think I agree with you. I think the. Position for a position is generally a non-starter. I'm not sure I've ever done a running back for a running back. Um, maybe the situation where someone's injured for six games or suspended and um, uh, you're sort of trading the future value for more stability now. I've, I've, I've done that. But um, um, other than that, I, don't, I think it's generally a non-starter because you sort of know, know where they are or... you. Um, you're gonna you're gonna value your own players probably a little bit higher. Right. Um, but I think where, I mean, I've done a lot of trades in the league, um, and I, I'm always looking for a position where both teams have a need and both teams could be improved by that trade. Um, I've actually written down a few a few things here about trades. So um, if, if uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll dive into it. Um, number one thing I've got here, I've, I've got five points I wrote down. Number one. Um, I would really encourage everyone to have a go at trading. It really adds another dimension to the league um, rather than just sort of setting your lineup and, and, and watching it. It's it's really fun to do. I think there's sort of two point two parts to this point. It's really fun. Ollie and I are always discussing every week about trades, and he's sending me stupid things, and I'm sending you. But every now and then we, we come up with, with with good stuff. It's also a great way to learn, and a great way to learn is by doing trades and messing them up. It really focuses the mind. My first ever season a few years back. Um, I didn't really know anything about anything, and I, I, did, I drafted, didn't know any of the players. I got Devonta Freeman in sixth, seventh, eighth round. All the talk was Tevin Coleman was going to be the starter. Um, I think Coleman played the first game and got injured. Freeman came in, started the third game, and went off for like 35 points. It was crazy. And, every, and I didn't know anything. I was, everything I was reading said, sell him, his value's never been higher, Coleman's going to come back, no one can sustain this, this kind of thing. At the same time, um, I think I had Tony Romo who got um, got injured the same game, and I had someone come to me offering me a quarterback for um, for Devonta Freeman, and I couldn't wait to offload Freeman because I thought I want to, um, uh, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be nothing. He's gonna be a backup again next week. I didn't really understand how the sort of winning the starting job worked. I didn't understand about relative values of quarterbacks to, to running backs. I thought, you know, as any newbie does, quarterback's the most important position. And, um, and I made this trade. It has a couple of other people in there too, but it was essentially, you'll laugh now, it was Freeman for Philip Rivers. A couple of other little pieces in there. Freeman, the following week, you can go back and look it up, scored 32 points, something like that. Following week, 25, 28, he just continued being good. I mean, you talk about regression to the mean. Sometimes it doesn't happen. And I was sitting there every week going, I've got Philip Rivers. And I think Romo came back four, four or five games later. It was, it was absolutely crazy. Um, and... Uh, 
or maybe Roethlisberger went down. I think Roethlisberger went down. I think Robo also went down. I think I had Roethlisberger, he went down. Um, so then I was left with a roster where I was struggling at running back and um, had uh, Rivers and, and, and Roethlisberger. I, I lost that completely. I, I, it still bothers me now that I did that. But it really focused me and I... Um, learned a lot from that and I and I now love trading and I don't mind losing trades I've got to, there'll probably never be one as bad as that but don't don't fear trading get involved in it it's really fun number two I think the biggest impediment to trades ever getting done is something that is um, uh, known as the endowment effect which is um, if you have something you value it higher than if someone else had that exact same thing and there's been psychological studies about that about um, if you uh, I forget which way around it is, but if you have a certain an object of a certain value and you have to buy it, or versus, you know, you, you now own it, you're just given it, but someone offers you money for that thing, what was the money you, you would accept? The fact that you have it puts it higher value in your mind. Also, I think people are generally suspicious, and if the act of making an offer for someone makes you think that that player is more valuable than you thought before, and therefore it's very difficult to get a trade, which is why I think it never works through running back from running back, wide receiver from wide receiver. Because even if you thought they were level, the fact that someone else wants them makes you think, well, you know, what am I missing here? Right. Um, so I would urge people to be um, conscious of that and try to overlook it a little bit. And I see that absolutely. I, I remember I was, uh, a couple of hours ago, I was looking at Saquon versus Kamara and I was going, oh, Kamara, I'm not sure, maybe he'll regress back a little bit. And then I sort of imagined he was on my team. And then suddenly I just thought, well, Kamara's great. He's as good as David Johnson and Zeke Elliott. And this is why, purely because I put him on my team. And then I, t- then I was like, hang on a minute. I didn't think that a minute before. Yeah. So endowment effect. Um, an easy, easy trap to fall into. Really watch out for that. Um, and um, make a, um, all right, number three. Actually, I think I said before the biggest impediment to doing trades. I think the biggest <laughs> the reason trade, that's a, I think that's the reason why people reject trade offers. The reason trades don't get done very much is I think more of a personal side people in any walk of life don't buy something from people they don't know but we all know each other if you well we we, but we we kind of do and I hope that but I'm conscious that I probably have a bit of a leg up in this league because I probably know everyone the best simply because I sort of handpicked everyone in it in the sense that we've got the restless cake people who play football together but I know Mankey and I know Dan for years like no one's this probably is, got that strength is, of connection. This is Dave Fleek's, Dave's league. And we're all we're all just guessing. We're all just guessing it. But 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 what I've written down here is, if you haven't already, introduce yourselves to everybody else in the league. Get a one-on-one discussion going and say hi to people. Because if you want to do a trade with them, it's much easier later on if you've already started um, uh, talking with them. Um, number four, we've probably all seen this. Don't be put off by an opening offer. If someone comes in and makes you an offer and you don't like that offer, counter offer. Have a chat with him. I yeah. never, I never say flat out no or ignore an offer. I will always say that's, that's really true. interesting. He's very, he's very let's, agreeable. Let's 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 talk about what, what what you want there. I mean, if you were making an offer to someone, you're not going to go in with your, with your best offer. You're gonna, you know, see if you can get get away with going in low. No one's going to come in with an amazing high high offer. Be appreciative of the fact that they've come to you. They put together an offer that they think may may work for you. Um, um and um. I would say the one time ever that someone's come to me with what I just thought was a flat-out great deal um, on both sides, like really fair, and you know, did what didn't require a bit of negotiation to get there was Andy last year gave me a trade offer for Mark Ingram and Chris Hogan at the time, at a time where um, I think I was sort of okay on both, but I thought that was bang on for that moment in time. I thought that I had them ranked right there, and the fact that he'd come along and wasn't playing games and just came along with a straight, straight beard just 
the fact that he'd even done it made me go, well, I don't know if I need a wide receiver or running back, but I love that he did it and I'm really happy to take this. And I just accepted it there without any counteroffers or anything. So, but generally it'll take a bit of negotiation. So you'll go in with something, you sort of say, thank you, let's see what you want to offer. You wouldn't expect someone to come in with their best offer. So talk to them, they'll probably give you something something a bit better. That's Number good. five, uh, we're going over time. Number five, um, don't look to screw over the other person. Um, if you're putting together a, a, a trade offer, don't do something where you are, I mean, first of all, don't massively underbid, despite what I just said, don't come in with a massively underbid because you'll, you'll offend people and they're not going to accept it, you're wasting your time. Um, that's different from being able to, to work your way towards a deal. The other thing is, if you feel you have more information than someone else and you want to screw them over, um, maybe you feel someone's not paying attention, they didn't see that a running back got, got injured and you, you make that offer. It might work once, you might make it work once, but it doesn't. it's not conducive to trading again. Whenever I make a trade, I wanna think that, I, I don't just wanna make this trade, I wanna make future trades with these people again in the future. You know, Get rid of some of that um, inertia around it and let people know that it's, it's okay to make a trade with me. Um, I tend to put a lot of work into any trade offer I do. I, I tend to sort of look quite carefully through uh, people's teams and I, I I won't make a trade offer unless I think there's a good reason they might accept. And my test there is, would I accept if I was on the other end of it? And it might not always be a definite yes, but there's always a sort of path to why you might say yes. So then, then my, then my, then my five uh, trading tips. Number one, get involved, have fun. Don't worry about losing a trade. You'll learn a lot. Number two, watch out for the endowment effect. Watch out for the fact that just because you own a player, you massively overvalue because you'll end up missing out on trades. My my view on trades is if I can is if I do a trade, and oh, I see I have a trade just offer just come in which I think is uh, Ollie. Um, if you if I do a trade, and um, we both make our team one percent better, two percent better, doesn't feel like even worth doing. But if I can get five trades off in a season, and I get two percent better each time, my team's now ten percent better than anyone else's. So I'm always looking to work with people to to do it. And it's just that volume of it. I'm not looking to go 20% up your 20 to 80%, 20% down. I think there's ways we can do it. Um, in Dumb Effect, number three, introduce yourselves to everyone else if you haven't. Say hi, start chatting one-on-ones behind the scenes. Uh, number four, don't be put off by an opening offer. And number five, don't look to screw over the other person. Make a fair offer and give them a reason to accept. That's great advice. That's great advice. And just as Dave, I'm open for, for trade offers. So let's... Uh Let's see what we what we all can do. Ollie, I think, is the most receptive person to trade offers. So if you if you have any ideas, I would highly recommend you um, uh, throw it to him because he's if, if if nothing else, he's very fun to uh, negotiate and bargain with. And you never know, you may you may end up with a blockbuster. I would say as well, Ollie, you talked about you've got fourth pick, I've got sixth pick. I'm open to trading down as well as up in in, in the leagues. If anyone's sitting there with tenth, uh, eleven pick. You know, for the right for the right outcome, I, I'm very happy to listen to any. Same here, offers. same here. Uh, especially picking up a couple of mid round picks for in exchange for a higher round pick. Um, send me something, and I'll, I'm always happy to entertain it. Great, thanks very much, uh, Ollie. Great to have you here. Um, I hope uh, I, my hope is that one person makes it to the end of this podcast. Um, I hope there's many more, but zero, zero, I think would would, would be the disappointment. So I'll set I'll set the bar low, and uh, let's see if we can exceed that. Uh, thanks for coming. Really good chat. Uh, great to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Thanks. Let me